So how did the Rams turn Los Angeles from a Lakers and Dodgers town into a Rams town? They just took the first most important step. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to Locked On Rams. My name is Travis Rogers. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day, your team every single day. Make sure you click that subscribe button right there on your phone, on your laptop, however you're listening to us. Don't forget to check out our Locked On YouTube channel as well. And while you're there, why don't you throw us a subscription as well? You can find me on Twitter at Travis Rogers and of course at Locked On Rams as well. So let's get right to it. How do you turn LA into a town that is dominated by the Lakers and the Dodgers into a town that can be just as excited about the Los Angeles Rams? The answer is do what you just did a couple of days ago and keep giving them the same product over and over and over again. This is how you turn a city that wins championships regularly, very spoiled here in Los Angeles about winning championships, winning titles, competing at the very highest level, even if you don't get it done on a given year. That's how you do it. And the Dodgers, excuse me, the Rams have managed to do it in very, very short order and accelerate that timeline. We talked about it here on this show not that long ago when Kevin Demoff was giving his press conference the week before the Super Bowl about how they want to get on the Dodgers level. They want to get onto the Los Angeles Lakers level. Well, this is how you do it because you can't just show up and say, hey, listen, we're here. We're the NFL team in town. And oh, by the way, we're pretty good. Come and become lifelong fans of our squad. Doesn't work like that here. Think about what the Lakers and Dodgers have done. The Dodgers showed up in the 1950s with a roster full of stars, and there was no other show in town, right? This was the first big league experience that Major League Baseball had had here in town, and they captivated the city, and they had great players, and they were good. And then they followed up the decade of the 60s where they were good, with a decade of the 70s where they were good, where a decade in the 80s where they won a couple of World Series. And by then, you've had a couple of generations come through town. They're Dodger people. Almost the exact same script was followed by the Lakers, right? You show up, you have guys like Jerry West, you go and you get very, very good, and you stay good, and you turn Jerry West into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, into Magic Johnson, into Shaquille O'Neal, into Kobe Bryant, into LeBron James, and you've got generations of Laker fans along the way. This is where we are right now. What you saw on Sunday, what you've seen with Sean McVay, what you have seen with Matthew Stafford, and maybe even more so with Cooper Cup and, and Aaron Donald, is star players winning championships at the beginning of something, not at the end. And you go back to the 50s and the 60s and when this city was still collecting sports teams and didn't have two of everything the way that we do right now. It was a little bit easier. It was a little bit easier to gain some traction because you weren't competing with everything else there is in the world. And right now, the Rams are not just competing with the Chargers or the Lakers or the Dodgers or the City. You're competing with the internet. You're competing with podcasts. You're competing with every other option of entertainment there is. And especially in a place like LA where there are so many other things to do, you got to cut through. And they did. 
by winning that championship. And we'll see what the parade looks like coming up uh, later today on Wednesday. We'll see what it looks like. I'm going to be out there and we'll talk about it on Locked on Rams on Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll see what that parade was relative to what we've seen for Laker parades in the past. We haven't seen a Dodger parade in a really long time because when they won the, the World Series in 2020, it's high COVID. Really nothing is able to, to match the, the excitement of the moment. So even if you threw a party a couple of months, a couple of years after the fact, it's just not the same thing. I think this Rams parade that's coming up will be a very good representation of what it is this level of enthusiasm this level of engagement is in the city for this team and it's going to be incredibly noticeable how different it is now than the way it was a few years ago when they showed up look let's be honest let's let's tell the truth here for a second when the rams returned to la in 2016 it was met with more or less a yawn more or less a, yeah, uh, uh, okay. I mean, I guess. Raiders aren't coming? Uh, all right. That was kind of the collective uh, experience. Now, if you're somebody like me, if you're somebody that's a little bit older than me, you remember the Rams and you're able to get back on board. That's fine. That's fine. But it wasn't that you've been living and dying. They were gone for 20 years. I don't know a lot of people that when the Rams bounced to St. Louis, they were huge Marshall Falk fans, uh, Isaac Bruce fans, Kurt Warner fans. It, it, it was St. Louis's team. Well, this is L.A.'s team, and you have star players. There's a kid right now in fourth grade, third grade, little girl, little boy, whatever it is, saying Cooper Cup's my favorite player and is going to be Cooper Cup's favorite player for a very, very long time. Or Aaron Donald is my guy. I want to be like Aaron Donald. I want a 99 jersey for Christmas. That's how it starts, and then they take their kids who get excited about this, and if it's not good, then it's not going to work. But think about all the boxes that they've checked along the way. They showed up and were bad. They got good very quickly, almost almost more quickly than you could have hoped for in your wildest dreams. And then they get even better than that. They go to the Super Bowl, and we saw just a couple of days ago, they win a Super Bowl. They've got star players. They have a venue that we're going to be seeing on television over and over again for who knows how many decades. SoFi Stadium is so far ahead of the curve, it's silly. You're going to have the Olympics. You're going to have the National Championship game. You're going to have the Final Four. You're going to have more Super Bowls. You're going to have Pro Bowls. You're going to have Combines. You're going to have everything there is to have in that place because why wouldn't you? in your own backyard and you got a really good team and you got star players and everything that comes along with it that's how you go and make generational fans here it's not going to go from zero to a hundred it doesn't go from we won the super bowl to you're going to have a parade route that's 100 miles long and 10 people deep it's not going to be like that you're not the lakers you're not the dodgers yet you put a couple of more of these on the board in the next five, 10 years. You, if you win another super what is it 2022 if you have a second super bowl by 2030 what are we talking about? You're talking about a team that's winning championships, that's on the level of the Lakers, that's on the level of the Dodgers. Now, all of a sudden, you are good. You're invested. You want to make sure that this is your team. You want to brag about your squad. You're not talking about the Raiders. You're, the Raider fans, they're gone, right? The, the fans of the Chargers that we saw are not the Chargers. Definitely, definitely not the Chargers. The 49ers is what I meant to say. Those fans, that's fine. They, they, they're they're going to be fans of the 49ers. But when your kids go to school, when they're at school and they're seeing all, and they're on the winning team and they want to be a part of something like that, they're going to they're going to jump on board. That's how it happens. That's how you turn from indifference into something that you're passionate about by being good over time, by getting the experience, by being in front of people over and over and over again. The quickest way to not do it is do what the Chargers are doing. Show up, which was you know maybe indifference is probably being polite. It was almost annoying, whatever, we, we don't even care about the one that was here five minutes before you got here. 
but they're not any good. Anyone they're good, they quickly lay an egg and they fire the coach and they're picking high in the draft and they can't do this and they can't do that. And the place is overrun with the other team's fans for every single game, not just one here and there. And they're out of the playoffs or they're not in the playoffs. That's not going to work. That's not going to get people's attention. There's always going to be a, a, a narrow slice of people that want to root for the team that's no good because I don't root for the Lakers. I root for the, the, the Clippers. I don't root for the Dodgers. I root for the, that's fine. The, there, there's room for both, I guess. But if the Rams are going to get on the level of the Lakers and the Dodgers, and I think they took a huge step forward by winning that championship as quickly as six years, two Super Bowl appearances, six years, you can't really ask for much more than that. Just an extraordinary performance by them. And it's the first step in a very long journey of growing very deep roots here. And if Stan Kroenke continues to reinvest in this team, continues to reinvest in that community, continues to reinvest in his stadium, continues to reinvest in everything, those little things that you don't even notice until they're wrong, the Rams are going to be in great shape. They are going to be in great shape. Draft picks be damned, right? Bad season here or there be damned. Continue to put a good... The Lakers went 30 years without being bad. A little easier to do it in the NBA than it is in the NFL. But even on those occasions where they would drop off a little bit, they're back right like that. The Dodgers were good in the 70s. They were good in the 80s. Decent enough in the 90s. Had a little bit of a dry spell. But then all of a sudden, once you got Frank McCord out of here, you got the right ownership group. You got people that'll spend money. You got people that understand that not only do you need to be good, you have to have a certain style that comes along with it. Boom. Dodgers have been good for 10 more years in a row. Won a World Series. Been to two others. Just missed another one last year. That's how you have generational fans keep them coming keep them interested don't go into the doldrums over long periods of time and you can have a team that is good year after year after year and they are certainly on the cusp of building something that is incredibly sustainable the way that it is okay coming up next i want to talk about that rams defense in the super bowl because while you gave up some points along the way and while that game was very very close going down in the last minute that ram defensive unit basically threw a shutout i'll explain that coming up next but just because it is the end of football season it doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of things for you to get in on like basketball for instance full steam for both pro and college hoops i know that you're not just an exclusive nfl person you're a baseball person a basketball person so why not get all the latest odds the totals the player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs bet online remains the best spot for all of your sports scores your podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey go hockey boxing Go boxing, UFC odds, right down to the Olympics and coverage and information, everything you need on everything you love. Head on over to the website to use your mobile device or use your mobile device, I should say, to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. So the Rams are Super Bowl champions. Cooper Cup is your MVP. Matthew Stafford is the big name that you went out and got in the offseason. You added a, a transcendent offensive player in a guy like Odo Beckham Jr. during the year. And you are known as a team that covets offensive football. A team that, go, that has a boy genius coach, a guy that is an offensive guru. How do you win the Super Bowl? By having a defense that nearly threw a shutout. I get it. They gave up 20 points along the way. I understand, okay? I get that 20 points is not anywhere near a shutout, but let's break down exactly what it is that they were able to do in Super Bowl 56. Because as far as I can tell, and my recollection, and the way that I was watching it in the moment in SoFi Stadium was this. They gave up three plays. 
They gave up three significant plays and got a bunch of stops along the way that really kept the offense in it, that really kept the momentum either kind of in the middle where it wasn't on either side or brought it very quickly back to the Rams side. Let's go through this play-by-play. One play in particular, the first big play of the game for the Cincinnati Bengals was what? It was a play down the right side where Jamar Chase makes an unbelievable one-handed catch with Jalen Ramsey on him, okay? That's play number one. By the way, mark down Jalen Ramsey's name in your memory. We're going to come back to him in a second. But that was a big play. But what happens next? The Rams' defense tightens. The Rams' defense locks down. And what is a first-and-goal situation, and you feel like all of a sudden, okay, the Bengals are going to score. They're going to tie this up at seven. It's on. It's three points. They force him to kick a field goal. So you give up a big chunk play, play number one, and that's it. Let's go to play number two. They hit a huge play with a fake play, a trick play, where they have Joe Mixon throw a touchdown pass, right? Okay, got us. You got us. You got us creeping up a little bit. They're, they're, they're trying to come close in and stop the run, and you get the secondary coming in a little too closely, eyes in the backfield, all the expressions that we know, and you hit a little touchdown pass over the top. Good for you, Cincinnati. It's a good play, well-designed, well-executed. Touchdown for you. Credit to you. Okay, that's two. The third play of the game, the big play that they had in this game, was the first play out of this out of halftime, right after that unbelievable halftime show that they put on. By the way, best halftime show ever. They hit a big play to um Higgins that Ramsey gets his neck wrenched around, and you hit a home run, a 75-yard touchdown right out of the gate. Probably shouldn't have been, but I'll give it to you. We can talk about it. You got it. You knock down the big play. You get a touchdown right out of the gate. So that's big play number three. What else? What else were they able to do offensively, Cincinnati, that had you thinking that the Rams weren't going to be able to? There was never a question that the Rams weren't going to win that game because they were going to give up too many points. The question was, was the Rams offense going to find a way to get enough points to get over 20? Right, they, they, going into this game, it was never, "Hey, can the Rams score twenty points to win the Super Bowl?" But that's exactly what it turned into. Because think about it: after the big home run, after the the seventy-five yard touchdown pass, what was the very next play that wasn't the kickoff? Matthew Stafford throws his second interception of the game. Ben Skoranek gets kind of twisted around. The ball gets deflected. It goes up in the air. It's intercepted. The, so we've gone. Mary J. Blige. Eminem and Kendrick Lamar to 75-yard touchdown to interception in the span of about 30 seconds, or at least that's what it felt like. The defense is on its heels. The offense is stuck in the mud. Nothing's happening. Here comes the defense. They just gave up a 75-yard touchdown on one play in the first half. They're immediately back on the field, literally one play later. What do they do? They get a short field because of an interception, and they lock down again. They prevent another touchdown. They've turned two really golden offensive opportunities for Cincinnati into defensive stops. Instead of giving up 14 points, they give up six. Extraordinary. An extraordinary stop. And those are just the high points. There are a lot of other early in the game. They go for it on fourth and one. Cincinnati does. Stuffed. You go to the end of the game. They go for it on third and one with a run. Stuffed by Aaron Donald. They decide to go for it again on fourth and one. Stuffed by Aaron Donald. On the second and one, the play leading up to those two, they take a shot down the field because they know there's nothing in the middle because Aaron Donald and Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines, they're all there. That's what I'm talking about. The, the, we, Cup gets a ton of attention, and he should. Matthew Stafford had a third game-winning drive in the fourth quarter. First guy ever to do that in one playoff season, and it was extraordinary and good for him. The defense won that game. They give up three plays. And one of them was a missed call by an official. One of them was a face mask that should have been called. It should have come back. In, in reality, 
They gave up two big plays. They give up the one to Boyd. They give up the other one to Chase down the right side and a trick play. That's it. Th- think about if they can get that secondary squared away a little bit. Think about if Jalen Ramsey has a good a good day. Jalen Ramsey got caught doing the bad stuff that Jalen Ramsey does. He does a lot of really good things. He's physical. He's big. He's fast. He's a smart football player. But sometimes he takes chances. Sometimes he's looking for home runs when singles will work, right? You saw him try to intercept that ball with Chase. Instead, Chase makes an unbelievable one-handed catch. Instead of just knocking it down, he's trying to make a big play. That play when they, they got the ball to start the fourth inside two minutes after the Rams went ahead, right? After the Rams took that 23 to 20 lead, Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. Okay. We got about a minute and change. Let's see what we can go do. First place, 17 yards. Why? Because Jalen Ramsey's creeping a little bit. He's looking for that interception. That's going to end the game. Then maybe he can walk it into the end zone. Maybe he can be the hero of this thing instead of 17 yards the other way. What if Jalen Ramsey has a good game? Now what does that defense look like? What if they can go into the draft this year? And again, they don't have high draft picks, but they do have draft picks and address some of the issues in the middle of the field. Linebacker, address some of the issues in the back end. Eric Weddle is not going to be a part of this team next year. Taylor Rapp is probably not your answer at safety. Darius Williams did not have a particularly strong season. You've got some other guys like Nick Scott, hit and miss. You've got some other guys like David Long Jr., hit and miss. Dante E. Dion, Robert Rochelle, all these other guys in the secondary. Not a bunch of guys that you're dying to line up with week after week after week. What if they get a little better there? What does that defense look like? Because Aaron Donald is going to go do what he does. You've got Leonard Floyd is going to do what he does. Von Miller may or may not come back. Uh, again, you know, money money obviously is going to determine a lot of these things, but if the money is close enough, why would you go anywhere else? You just won a Super Bowl. He seems to love the way that this team is done. He seems to really enjoy playing for Sean McVay. He seems to really – and who wouldn't want to play alongside Aaron Donald because as good as Von Miller is, as good as Leonard Floyd is, those guys know that they're never going to be the focal point of an opposing offense to try to take them out of it. It's always going to be 99. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? That defense was as good as it was in the Super Bowl. Again, three big plays that they gave up throughout the entire game. Forget about it. They ever put those two halves together. Like we, They still didn't do it. We talked about that, right? Can you put two halves together? They had a good half. Maybe if you smashed it all together and, and put it together, and then there's a lot of stuff that really wasn't working all that well for the Rams in the Super Bowl. But the defense wasn't part of it. They were fantastic most of the night. And in the second half, just absolutely transcendent along the way. Okay, coming up next. Did we just see the best postseason ever? I think we might have. That's coming up after I tell you about Bilt Bar. How much damage did you do at the Super Bowl party that you went to? Probably a decent amount, right? If you have maybe had a little bit too much uh, to eat, maybe you had a couple of beers along the way. So you got to get back on track. You got to make sure that you start to make better choices. And that's where Built Bar comes in. Low calorie, high protein. Replace all of the junk stuff that you have lying around the house, in the office, in the car. These are way better. A typical candy bar, anywhere from two to 300 calories. That's not what Built Bar is all about. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Now, if you're not a scientist like me, Here's here. Let me let me put it in more easily digestible terms. It's the good stuff, not nearly as much as the bad stuff. Compare that to a candy bar, and you'll be blown away by how much nutrition you're getting. And oh, by the way, it tastes good. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. So if you're into that, go try that one out. Built Bar. They're all about the taste. They make it taste first, and then they figure out how to put all the good stuff in it. Here's how you do it. Built.com. That easy. B u i l t. Built. 
com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So what's the, the phrase du jour? We're prisoners of the moment, right? That we only remember the last thing that we saw, that the internet and our phones and everything else have completely shot our memories to bits and we can't remember anything other than the very last thing that we saw. Perhaps, probably, right? That's probably true. That being said, I've got a question for you. Was that not the best NFL postseason that we've ever seen? Sure feels like it. Let, let's take the let, Let's go through the whole thing. The wild card round was eh, kind of not great. Okay, fine. You got a wild card round that's not great. But here's what comes after. And by the way, the stakes are never going to be what they need to be in the wild card round because you still have so much time to go. There are still some teams in there that probably are not Super Bowl caliber. Nobody thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to win the Super Bowl. No one thought the Las Vegas Raiders were going to win the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. So that those games weren't unbelievably fantastic, not a huge surprise. But really, once you got past wildcard weekend, everything after that was extraordinary. Not, not just good, extraordinary. Let's go through this game by game, divisional round. Let's start with the Rams. The Rams and the Bucks play a game, by the way, featuring Tom Brady, who's been to the Super Bowl 10 times and won seven of them, in what turned out to be his last game ever, or at least last game before announcing his retirement. I'm not quite sure if I want to write him off for good. We'll talk about that later on on Locked on Rams. But... That game has a team that jumps out to a huge lead with the Rams. They have this thing, absolutely, their hands wrapped around it. This is going to be a blowout. This is going to be a cakewalk for the Rams. And now they got to go to Lambeau Field to take on the uh, Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game, the number one seed. Only that's not what happened at all. The Rams turn it over three times in the second half. Tom Brady starts to do what he does. He starts to get cooking. And when the Rams blew a giant lead, the next thing you know, it is a tie game with 42 seconds left. And the Rams have been absolutely, you know what, down their leg for the last hour and a half. Nothing is working. And they hit a back-to-back plays to Cooper Cup, including the, for the love of the game route, right down the middle. Huge gain run out there, spike it, bring Matt Gay on, kick a field goal with no time left, game winner. That was extraordinary. That was one of the four games. Let's go to the other NFC game in that weekend. The snow in Lambeau Field. First of all, just the spectacle of it snowing in Lambeau Field. It's fantastic, okay? It just looks great on TV. Aaron Rodgers is your presumed MVP, ends up turning out being the MVP. They go right down the field on the opening drive of the game. Score a touchdown. You're thinking, okay, here we go again. The route is on. Nope. San Francisco's defense locks in. Now, San Francisco can't do anything. Troy Aikman's on the broadcast saying things like, well, Jimmy G's going to have to do something at some point. And then he hits a couple. Nothing crazy, but just enough to keep him in. Just enough for them to keep chipping some field goals here and there. And the game's tight late in the game. It's a close game late in the game. San Francisco hasn't scored a touchdown the entire game. But since that opening touchdown, their defense is locked down and Green Bay's got nothing going on. So whatever, they block a punt. Of course, why not? They're not going to score a touchdown on offense. So we'll just grab one on special teams. So they win the game like that. The next thing you know, the number one seed in the NFC out because they couldn't execute a special teams play successfully. Extraordinary. Goes down to basically the last play of the game. Field goal. There we go. See you later. Everybody goes home. Rematch of two NFC West teams uh, in the NFC Championship game. We're coming back to SoFi. Unbelievable. That's just half of it. 
Okay. Well, I'm not even going to go into the details of Cincinnati and Tennessee. We know what it is. Evan McPherson kicks, kicks a game-winning field goal, time expiring. They sack Joe Burrow nine times. He finds a way to do it. Ryan Tannehill, number one seed in the AFC. They can't get out of their very first playoff game. Both number one seeds out in the second weekend of the, uh, of the tournament. Unbelievable. Let's go to the game that night. You've got AFC champs, or I should say the defending AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills, and arguably the two best quarterbacks in the in the whole league, and they play like it. And they put on what – look, I was in the Coliseum the night that we had a 54-51 to 51 Monday Night Football game, the Rams and the Chiefs. I thought that was the greatest NFL game that I've ever seen. I got to give it to the, 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 the Chiefs and the Bills. That, that game, what was there, like 50 points scored in the last eight seconds? Every time you thought, well, that unbelievable. What a great game. The other guy would score. And then you're like, I can't believe they came back to score. And then the other guy would score. What was it 13 seconds that they drove the field to kick a field goal to send it into overtime? And then they drive down the field and Josh Allen never gets his hands on the ball in overtime and they win it there? You got to be kidding me. That, that was all in one weekend. Those four games all took place in one weekend. And then, of course, you got two crazy championship games. Cincinnati comes back from a 21-3 deficit on the road to beat the defending conference champions, to beat Patrick Mahomes, to send themselves to their first Super Bowl since the 80s. And then you got the NFC Championship game that we spent a lot of time talking about here on Lockdown Rams, where the Rams come back from deficit in the second half just the second time Sean McVay's team has trailed by more than 10 points in the second half in his career where they've actually won the game both of those in the NFC championship those are your six playoff games in the last two weeks and then we get that Super Bowl right there drive the field monster 15 play drive to close it out you only got one player really that's doing anything offensively in Cooper Cup a no-look pass back over the middle of the field to set up uh, a game-winning drive you get the arguably the greatest defensive player of his generation blowing up the entire place on the last two plays of the game. I think we just saw the best postseason ever. If there's a better one, refresh my memory. I certainly don't remember what it was. Anytime you got a candidate for best game ever in that mix and every other game goes down to the last kick or the last play on back-to-back-to-back weekends, pretty darn good postseason. Kudos to you, NFL. You wonder why hundred what was it, 113 million people watched the Super Bowl? It's because there's always a chance you're going to get something like that, and it delivered all over again. Okay, coming up tomorrow, I want to talk about the parade. I want to talk about the championship parade here in Los Angeles. I'll be out there. I will do my best to bring back every detail, and we can break it all down right here on Locked on Rams. Don't forget to subscribe to our Locked on Rams YouTube channel as well. Click the subscribe button right here on your phone. Make sure that you're listening to Locked on Rams, your first listen every single day and for your second listen that's locked on bets with your boy q with expert analysis by lee sterling so check those guys out when you're done listening to locked on rams until then we'll see you at the parade whose house it's locked on rams house